Recorded live from Stockton, California, this is Jammin' with the Best. We're the quieter of the three. We are. Although, when it's all three of us, we, we can all get loud. Yeah. I'm going to say you're the quietest of the, the bunch. Probably. I would think so. I think you get quieter than I do. Yeah. But my loudest is probably Not the as loud quietest as of all the loudest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like saying get lefter. Yeah, get lefter. I, I needed a disc to get lefter today. It didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So what... What do you think we should do to improve this podcast? Crash and I talked about it a little bit on the way to the uh, the Chargers game. Um, be consistent, mostly. Yeah. I think a lot of it will work its way out as long as we just do it. I think so. I think we've learned a lot in mm-hmm. the past 20-something episodes, 22, 23 now. It's like 22 and a half. Yeah, with a few different two parts and a, at least yeah. one, the most recent one that didn't two. count. We had episode number. zero. Which was True. only like seven minutes or ten minutes or something. We've got a few two parters. Mm-hmm. One six or seven parter. Oh yeah, yep. The live mm-hmm. that was all nine. Yeah. Episode nine. I think so. That's kind of crazy too. It was a we while ago. Did live for we hadn't even done double digit podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we just <laughs> like let's go live. live. You invite some some world champs on. Yeah, Jake was asking me about SFO. He's like, "You gonna play next year?" I'm like, "Maybe." Yeah, I don't know. I want to. I don't want to suck again. No, definitely not. It's going to be, I think it's always going to be real hard to say no to playing. First of all, we don't like to say no, but if we're playing well, you know, that was one of my things this year is I felt like I was playing pretty well, so I didn't want to not play it. And I played okay. It wasn't bad, but it's, if I'm playing well, I'm going to want to play. Yeah. I played really bad. If I'm playing like I am right now, I want to play. Yeah. I'm putting well. Yeah. It's been a minute. I don't know. I want to do the podcast. That's pretty dope. The podcast is fun, and it certainly has a higher ceiling than our disc golf career. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to win. Like, if I'm lucky, I win my money back. Like, yeah, not even right. then. Like, if I'm lucky, I win a hundred bucks. Well, certainly at those events, yeah, where it has a, a a higher ceiling for payouts. You know, you can mm-hmm. earn thousands, but you have to beat the best players in the world. I'm not doing any of that. Whereas, you know, local events, we can make our money back. Yeah. Or at least tournament. certainly have the option to. I feel like in that tournament, if I play almost the top of my game, I'm going to cash. Yeah. Like barely cash. Yep. Yeah. And barely cashing is money back and doesn't even count travel expenses and all nope. the, you know, we've got to get a hotel there for Thursday night for sure. Because mm-hmm. that commute going to the Bay Area oh, Friday early sucks. Friday morning is not going to happen. At least there'll be three of us now. True. Four potentially the crash. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we've got Hoop and Lion that we know are going to be there. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of fun to get a nice little like Airbnb six seven eight person pad. That'd be sick. Cheaper yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. It makes it way more reasonable. Especially yeah, we got the rave van. Yep, and all the podcast gear. Ooh yeah, podcast gear. It'd be fun to see who we can line up with. You know, having I guess a little bit more of like history behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely more. We have more pool. Yeah. At least like Paige, you can ask Paige to ask some people. Absolutely. Or ask Missy to ask somebody. I think, yeah, with enough of the little bit of relationships that we've built with, you know, a dozen people and now like like Waisaki 
has at least seen it happen mm-hmm. and it wasn't a giant shit show, you know? Yeah. Avery wants to do it or he wanted to last year. Yeah. And I'd love to be able to get him on. Yeah. I think he would be a real interesting listen from a handful of different perspectives, especially with his ties now with Discmania. I want to talk to him about all the courses he's been to and all the beers he's Big drank. Big time, right? Because like, those two numbers are some of the highest numbers I've ever seen True. with people. True. That boy dabbles. Yeah. He's got his hands in there. He gets around. I think uh, he would be a cool one to just get in for a full episode. So, yeah. Like, I mean, all of these people would be, too. Mm-hmm. Love to get Paige for a full episode, Rick for a whole episode, you know, all of them. Uh, but he would be one of those guys maybe that isn't on the top of the list as far as who people might think of, but I think would bring a ton of value. I think he'd be better at that than his announcing. Commentating, yeah. yeah. I wonder how we would be at that, you know? I would be bad, I think. I yeah. stumble with my words too much. I definitely stumble with my words. I think it's just something you have to accept, though. And there's a certain amount of leeway. Like, you look at even guys that we watch on, you know, the morning shows, First Take, yeah. Undisputed, whatever it might be, plenty of times they're fumbling with their words or they don't say the right thing, but you understand kind of what they mean. That's why I like this format better. You can, like, I don't know, you're going to mess up more. It's longer. That's the thing. You have the time here mm-hmm. to be able to say, hold on, this is exactly what I mean. There's not a commercial break coming up. There's not yeah. another putt coming up. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got a little more freedom. Yeah, kind of like you mess up on live TV, you just keep rolling. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you have to. Mm-hmm. You have to. If someone corrects you, you know, or if you wanted to correct yourself and someone brings it up, you know, hit it and move on. Yep. But it's all. Yeah, you can't laugh at yourself on live TV, really. You no, can. you have to be able to laugh at yourself in the grand scheme, but you can't. You can't take too much time <laughs> to do it in that moment. Oh. Yeah, I think consistency back to what you know what it is that we can do to improve. Kind of just a brain brainstorming session, mm-hmm. get a little behind the scenes. But what you know what it is that we can do to improve is is a conversation that we're constantly having, whether it's in a semi formal meeting or just you know thoughts by ourselves and then tossing it back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the most formal we get in meetings? Not much. <laughs> Me and crash sitting in here, <laughs> basically after a smoke sesh, like <laughs> yeah, and actually saying like this is what we need to do, yeah, or bringing it up and opening it up to a conversation, and then we talk about it for ten minutes is probably the most formal. It might happen in text more than anything. No, yeah. not really though. No, I don't think it does. It happens in car rides when we go to A's games or ports games or uh, yeah, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Get us all Raider in the games. same spot, mm-hmm. talking about the same thing, or like right after the live show. Yeah. You know, we we're talked about it a ton. We were, <laughs> we went to a restaurant. We went to a, a decent, a, a somewhat nice restaurant. We were all pretty drunk too. No, I mean, no. If, you, if you just listen to that episode. And so it was what you, me, Crash, obviously, and then Mark, Mark. and Jono. I think was there. Yeah, I, I feel, feel like we had one a sixth. More. I don't remember who it was. Maybe we were drunk. Just maybe. I was for sure. Yeah, I, I had a few beers. There's there's a reason we had to get up and go to the bathroom at at some points. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was fun, and that that was probably the most formal meeting we mm-hmm. had because it was it was an hour and a half or something nonstop about what we can do to improve. Yeah, I think we were all happy with how it went, but we were wanting to make it better. <laughs> Crash had some crazy ideas that night. What did he have? I forget. I don't remember either, but he was extremely excited about it. Yeah, he, he thought we sucked. Now. No, I don't. I think that's how you interpreted it. 
and I think it maybe was even how it came off. Are you working now? Uh, yeah, seems to be working. So we just lost like 20 seconds. Yep. So for some reason, I'm not sure. I think that was probably the most formal meeting we had, though. Yeah. We have. We don't have formal meetings. We're not no, very formal. We're not a big enough company, like yeah. Either of our either Stage Monkeys or OTB and Stage Monkeys is is certainly larger, but even like the meetings that they would have outside of like a meeting at a show, mm-hmm. I don't think there's many meetings that they need to have. No, and meetings take too much damn time, anyways. Not enough gets done. Like sure, I guess it depends on how you run your meetings. True. You know, I think if we were a 20-person company, we would probably need to have some sort of meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Get some ideas spread. But when it's me and you in the same room all day. Yeah, then it's not hard. No. Our meetings all day long, every day. Pretty much. It's always in a meeting. Sorry, I can't talk. I'm in (laughs) a meeting. can't talk. I'm in a meeting. It's like, I know for a fact Aaron's smoking out back. (laughs) In a meeting, It's a safety meeting. Definitely. A yellow bucket meeting. Yeah. I think outside of regularity, which will hopefully be one of the easiest things mm-hmm. to regulate, you know, it's it's tough when we have busy schedules. Yeah. You know, you and I are basically on the same schedule as far as being tied to how busy it is at the shop. Mm-hmm. Crash has an entirely different schedule based on how busy it is with stage monkeys or how much golf he wants wherever to do. Yeah, he wants to be going. And it's, you know, so it's meshing those two schedules. And then, I mean, all I think all of us want to do it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun to do it. It's really fun to do it. But it is dedicating a couple hours. Yeah, minimum, especially the way we do things. Yep. Start drinking and have yeah. a few beers. Yeah, then it changes changes what happens after the podcast a little bit, too. It does. That's why this good. Wednesday evenings like this, I think, are good. I think it's nice. Mm-hmm. I think Especially it'll be winter. good, and then we'll f- yeah we'll figure it out when it goes back to the summer and our Wednesdays are, are disc golf filled once again with our five p.m. weeklies. Yeah, just got done with alternate shot doubles. Oh, Sorry, yeah. be long. That was an interesting format. I still like something different. I thought it was cool for me more than be long. Be long didn't matter, but for me, like there was some pressure. Yeah. Like every putt was somewhat pressure filled because mm-hmm. if I didn't make this putt, then we're probably not going to birdie, or we're not going to par. Or yeah, I mean it's it's a guaranteed stroke, and mm-hmm. it's the it's a similar pressure in singles because there's no backup like traditional doubles, but it's a different pressure because if you mess it up, you're messing it up for your homie. Yeah, and especially being the better player, like yeah. kind of carrying. Yeah, most so. of the birdies are going to be on your drives, mm-hmm. and you need to put yourself close enough for the B pool guy to hit it. Our first one, our first two birdies were not my drives. Yeah, I think our first one wasn't my drive either. It was like four or five holes in, and uh, Blue put it to about 30, 28, mm-hmm. and it was definitely my first like putt of the day. I got no warm-up putts running yeah. the weekly. And then I think with the first two, like, Putts that I did have to take were tap-ins. Yeah. It's a fun format. I think it'll be better for all good players, again. Certainly. Or and we all were, equal skill We level. were close to that. We were close yeah. to that today. That was a lot of solid enough players. Mm-hmm. 
you know. It I think was. Lowest outside of uh, Homie, who I don't think has a rating, who was the bottom. It's like 900. Slimfish? Yeah, Slimfish. I would say he's below 900. Johnny Blue, Wayne. Yeah, Wayne's 890-something rated, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, he played decently well. His putt is... He hit enough putts. His putt is like Jair's in that sense, where he's gonna he's gonna miss some that mm-hmm. you're frustrated about missing, but he also hit some that after those misses you didn't think he would hit, and he yep. definitely hit them. And his forehand roller can get you in some spots, good and bad. <laughs> good and bad. That's what forehand rollers do. Yeah, any rollers it feels like, especially if you're sub nine hundred rated, <laughs> where that roller is gonna go is it's sometimes up in the air. Funny how that happens with bad players they throw a lot of rollers yeah and i think it's a distance thing it certainly is because you can get more distance with a roller period yeah you can as long as your form is okay on each Mm -hmm. or comparable the same level or even close-ish even if your roller is not as good as your air shot you can get more distance with a roller yeah i've thrown further rollers than any other shot it's just science (laughs) that was a good one pretty much yeah we need to tag that. It's just science, people. Stay classy. I feel like MVP needs that to be their tagline. Like, throw gyro. It's just science. Yeah, it's just science, man. Use your brain. Throw gyro. I loved how we were uh, fucking with Sias. Oh, that's so gyro, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like after oh, God, throw. that shot was so overmold. <laughs> that was so <laughs> overmold. I think I almost did it. We played with someone else after that throws... Oh, it was a uh, phase. Oh yeah, phase. Um, and I almost said it at one point, and then uh, I realized it was streamline. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, he throws some streamline traces, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, solid mold. I think to bring it back, what I one thing I came up with for trying to improve the podcast is to have some recurring theme-ish sort of thing yeah i don't even i'm struggling to find the right word but basically a recurring segment mm-hmm. and we don't need like a recurring lineup of segments yeah just one just something or that two. we all bring to you know so mm-hmm. each of us brings one one main thing and then we're gonna have plenty to to talk about outside of that and to tangent off of that but to have some sort of recurring segment. Yeah, we can even like all bring an idea and then throw them out on the table before and then stick with one. And then if even if two of them are awesome, go with both of them. Yeah. Because sometimes, I don't know, I feel like it'd be hard for all three people to bring le- like great ideas. Sure. Every week. Well, and that's the like with my thought of doing a disc, you know, mm-hmm. a deep dive into a disc mold every week. There's thousands of disc molds at this point you know and some of them 30 years deep some of them three years deep but still interesting Mm -hmm. so you know that one's certainly easy to have a new one every single week yeah that's not hard what i said like courses or holes or yeah courses holes players tournaments Mm -hmm. yeah going to like a little bit of a history of tournaments really what all we're trying to do is figure out what is interesting mm-hmm. and if it's interesting to us and we get passionate about it chances are it's interesting to people Something listening else. to yeah yep we are podcasters so yeah 
or people that listen to podcasts is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, knew so, what you meant. We, uh, what we like is probably what something some other podcast listeners would like also. Well, and that's the assume. thing. There's so many people out there that it's going to resonate with someone. Yeah, true. It's going to resonate with a large pool of people. It's then trying to tap into that or what's the Venn diagram of the people who already listen and the people who would be interested in this. We need to get Jaron to, I'd one, to have on. talk about discs. Yep. Two, talk about how Jomez's damn holes are always 190 feet. <laughs> yeah, the witch disc wins. Every time. They're yep. they're like 180 to 190. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to throw? I'm going to throw a straight putter shot because every single one of these holes are. Yeah. Like the one in, the one today is like in an auditorium. Nice. Or something. And it's like 190 feet. It. Like yeah. nothing in the way. Just like, what are you going to throw? Like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody have a heavyweight mini. Yeah. Throw Stego upside down. We should answer Stego for all of the questions until they change it. Until we can't (laughs) reach it. Stego, Stego. It gets to like 240 and it's like Stego upside down or Stego roller. Stego roller. But can still get there with a Stego. Might start doing that. Jam with the best. Yeah. I was going to do that with the Jam with the best, but now it got got boring because I would like do it and it'd be putter, putter, putter. I wonder if it started out longer. It did, for yeah. sure. There would be like 370 foot holes. And if people, like a large portion of the people commenting, maybe couldn't reach it. I feel like that's who commenters are. Right? Yeah, I think it is the most active people generally. Yep. Are the guys trying to learn or... Well, and it's the largest pool of people. True. There's not that many decent players. No, I mean, there's plenty out there. There's, yes, Sean Jack, there's a million players out there better than us. No, there's, there's not. also a million You're a liar. Players. There's no million. There's not. There's not even a million players. So it's an exaggeration, and you knew it. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just being literal right now. Well, I mean, how many 980 and above players are there? I'm curious. Thousand. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not Probably sure that's a good right. Guess. There might be a thousand thousand rated players. There might be. It's getting up there. There's a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. And then I was still. I had this argument with Sam like years back saying that there's a ton of really good golfers that aren't PDGA rated and don't mm-hmm. play at all. Belong. Yeah. And mm-hmm. would be just fine and would be 1,000 rated. And there's plenty of 985 players that are not 985 rated players. Yeah, they're better they or worse. Six, Yeah, they're worse generally <laughs> yeah. is what I'm going with. I had a feeling that's where you're going. Seven rounds rated and on their home courses. Yeah. Got super hot on one tournament. It can happen. Well, you saw Ian Anderson was rated high. Yep, he's rated higher than Corey Merle, and they're both rated higher than both of us. I feel like the only time we've ever seen his game is like Champs vs. Chumps, or I've maybe the CCDG vs. Jomez. Who, Ian? Yeah. Yeah, I've, that's the only thing I've seen, and it's okay. Yeah. If I, I got him as a doubles partner at a weekly, I'd be like, all right, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, sure. But like for tournament play, like that's not 985 golf, I don't think. No, I was surprised to hear that, mm-hmm. that he was I, rated that high. I think he's surprised, too, because that post is very like <laughs> facetious and like... Sure. He's uh, he's kidding himself. Like this is another, how long I can pretend to be better than Corey? Sure, makes you wonder how many uh, rounds he's got on. I should have looked it up. I didn't. I don't know where my phone's at right now. I pushed it over there. It's right behind the laptop. Sweet. I want to see if mine changed. I haven't played, so I don't think so. But stuff it can might have dropped. Off. Yeah, mine didn't change, but mine hasn't changed since October. It's November, so it went up one. I'm 971. Nice. It'll tell you when it changed. Yeah. No, it says October. I just don't know what month it is sometimes. Oh, yeah. That well, was the, my new, only the issue. newest rating update was November. 
Yeah, which is this month. This month, yeah. Yeah. So. Which took me a minute, but I did then remember it was November this month. <laughs> so I went up one from last month. Oh, nice. So I think we're tied again. 972? I'm at one. Let me check. We played What's the same. number? 84664. TDGA84664. I feel like I haven't got better at all in a while. I'm the same player for like a year. 973. Oh. So you I'm went up two from last month. Oh, all right. So we would have been tied. At least I had my numbers right. Sweet. Yeah, there we go. Let me see if Sammy A went up. Um, probably. He's better than us. He is better than us. He's playing better than us. I I will never say anyone is better. <laughs> True. I will never say anyone's better than me, especially him. Uh, he went down to, so Ooh. he's way worse than us. Yeah, he's way worse. He went down to a higher number than we are, but somehow we're going to spin What's he at right now? 997. Oh, he so sucks. He went Hannah, down he from 999. Wasn't he like 1004 earlier in the year? I think he was 1000. I think he maybe got up to 1009. Fuck yeah. Well, he's not yeah. there now, so. He's been above 1000 once and it was that 1009 in March of 2018. Oh, that was like a year ago, I guess. Yeah, he's washed up, bro. He's old. Dirt nap Sammy, man. I don't even know if we can hire him. Yeah, we only need 1000 rated players now. Yeah, we got to hire hoop. Sorry, dude. Yeah. Should move back somewhere else. Lion. Go to like Illinois. Lion, you can move into the basement. Nowhere to go but up, buddy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What else can we do? I, I do think that one benefit of us doing nights now is it'll be less distracting. Yeah, it'll sound better. We won't have as many random people walking in. Less likely to have calls. We. Definitely less walk ins. I think it'll be easier to just be locked in true i think if we're going to start re- filming it though which i do think we need to do yeah soonish i'm with you there we're going to need better lighting at night sure and i know we've got the three lights that we've got in the back and i think they would work i think so we'll mess with it maybe a little bit tonight i don't know how much motivation we'll have when we're done on I'm the mic sure here, either. But, uh i am curious to see what it would look like with a little bit of Nice lighting, and maybe even hit these off. Mm-hmm. Hit those off and have the nice, bright white lights, because those are pretty yellow. It's going to look like a porn set in here. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. We have a casting we couch. We do have a couch. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. This would be a good porn set, I think. Yeah, probably not bad. I uh, At my house in Tracy, you never saw, uh, I had a guy that said my backyard would be perfect for porn. Nice. Yeah. And like, I'm pretty sure that's a compliment, so I'm going to say thank you. <laughs> but that's a really interesting compliment. That is. It was a nice backyard, though. I really miss that as far as being able to putt. It wasn't huge. It was probably maybe 80, 90, 100 feet by like 50 or 60. It's a decent size. Yeah, going around the house, so kind of like a U-shape. And that's the like hundred and then sixty ish that way had a pool, some nice trees in the back. Actually had a tetherball court too. Ooh, we need a tetherball court at the warehouse. We need a lot of things. We figured out we're gonna build a shallow pool <laughs> ultimate frisbee field. Yeah. It's gonna be like that's gonna be tough to run in. Running through a little bit of water is tough, but the layouts for discs are gonna be epic. I feel like Frisbees. We gotta start calling them frisbees. I feel like the it's going to be really sick to have, like... It's going to be a bunch of Randy Moss-type plays. We just throw it up, stall it, yeah, and then two dudes jumping out of the water. Uh, yeah, and basically just a lot of diving. 
<laughs> like you didn't need to die for that, but you slowed it's, down towards the end so you could die. Wonder how high is the water going to be? I feel like it should be mid thigh, like okay. even knee. That's pretty small then. All right. Well, yeah, I think. I was thinking about like trying to throw a frisbee, like if the water was like chest high. Yeah, so you got to like, go hip or lower probably, or it mm-hmm. is just a lot of high forehands. Bunch of we'll Andy's. make it happen though. Yeah, so if you guys, in five to however many years it takes to build us a water ultimate field. I don't think it would take that long to build a shitty one. That's true. <laughs> we we build can build a shitty, a shitty one. one pretty quick. We can get like a doughboy. <laughs> <laughs> Fill it up partway. It started as a water polo idea. That's true. And That's it turned true. into ultimate. And I still think the water polo idea is cool and Crash will be down. But... I think we got to stick to our wheelhouse. Yeah, we want water polo without having to to tread water the whole time. Yeah, someone brought up, I think it was Russ, brought up the idea of shallow shallow water polo because <laughs> they didn't want to swim. <laughs> and that would probably be like four foot water. Yeah. So you're still mostly under, but you can tread. And maybe that's what it should be for the for the uh, ultimate Frisbee. And it's just a lot of overheads and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, or you could jump up and throw back in. Yeah. Interesting concept. Fun. We do we invent a new game? We might have. Well, it's the same game. We just a new arena. <laughs> I can, think we can change fun, some though. rules and make it a new game. I bet we could get Brody Smith to come out and play it. Yeah, he did a thing with Paul and Simon. Yeah, I guess they filmed it a while ago and they finally dropped it. He doesn't look like he can throw a frisbee very well. A, a disc. disc. Yeah. yeah, everything comes out like on Annie. <laughs> like nose up, Annie. You know that frisbee style. Yeah. Kind of like Kenny Lee almost. Sure. Kenny Lee's got that. And Wally both have that old That's school frisbee thinking. style. Well, and both of them, like a couple weeks ago, brought a frisbee and we're doing freestyle before the weekly. Why aren't you working? Oh, there it goes. Sort of. Yep, it's working now. That's really weird. I'm all in the blind here, too. I've never seen any part of what's going on over there. I'm just, like, picturing things. It's, uh... Basically, every time we talk, it, like, does this off of a straight line. I've seen that. The rest of the program, though. I don't know how to use it very well. Scooter keeps telling me that to come down, and he'll give me a crash course. I was re-watching Peaky Blinders. I was watching episode one today, and there's a character that looks like Scooter. Oh, that's a good guy to look like. A little bit. Skinny, long-armed. Yeah, I think he's a, he was a little bulkier. It was mostly in the face. face like that kind of narrow face, long. A little bit. A little bit. That's our dude. Yeah. Lefty forehand masher. Kid's good. Only throws white frisbees. I'm always surprised to not see him a little bit higher up in tournaments that he doesn't play well. I feel like his game's pretty solid. Yeah, but I feel like he needs to take some time. Yeah, yeah. He just throws. Like, he just gets on the tee pad and just chucks it. Yeah, I remember I was playing Auburn. This was probably early 2000s, so I was 14, 15, somewhere in that range. And the homie Don Smith, uh, I was playing with him in the first round. I'm probably playing juniors, am two. 
maybe M1 at that point, but it was probably 14-ish playing M2 and would just go up there and throw, you know, relatively quickly. Didn't feel like I was rushing or nervous or anything, but he's like, dude, do me a favor. He's like, just take five seconds next time you step on the tee pad. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. That's all I want. Just give me five seconds every time you step up there. Yeah. When I play well and I'm really focused, I'm, I take a minute. Like Absolutely. I, I yeah. do take a minute. Yeah. Especially putting. I want to make sure everything feels fine. Yeah, exactly. I, it's comfort. You've got to mm -hmm. find something that makes you comfortable, whether it's that routine, whether it's your footing and needing to physically find <clears throat> some comfort, your hand on the disc. That's mine. I spin my disc a bunch of times until it's like, I don't know, something feels fine. Sure. But, yeah. And then I make sure, that, I don't know, sometimes there's distractions and like, yeah. I got to stop and readjust. Played with Wayne today. There's distractions. Played with Jake today. He walked up. There's one time I was putting and he was like, I don't know, 12 feet from the basket, like right here yeah. on my right hand side. And I'm just like, you want to back up a little bit? I feel like Wayne got Johnny Blue earlier. That's possible. Yeah. It he was gets, on three when Blue hit like the lock from 22 feet. I seen him get Patrick Brown once and it was hilarious. Yeah. At Masters. Yeah, I love Wayne, but he's uh, clinically unaware <laughs> in some of those spots. Uh, and I think he just doesn't think that it bothers people. I don't think there's any malice in it. No, there's not malice in it at all with Wayne, at least. No, I think it's just, I'm going to move around. And for the most part, if you're moving and it's a constant movement, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. It's the back of the mind thought that that movement is going to stop or that mm -hmm. there's going to be some jarring motion to that movement mm -hmm. that's going to distract you. And ideally, you don't have to be thinking about that movement at all because there isn't no. any, you know? Yeah, true. And it's something that everybody deals with, and it's these just kind of secondary thoughts during your shot that you have to think about. And mm -hmm. plenty of times, maybe even more often than not, you can execute the shot just fine, even with, you know, some secondary thought that you're worried about. But, you know, it's it's something that certainly with these guys playing at the highest level, it'd be nice to see them all not have to deal with it. Yeah. Like golf. Like there's a reason yeah. why everyone's quiet in golf. Like yep. it, it matters. Well, and golf has the the huge benefit of being on a single use property. True. You know, most of our big events maybe not most but some of our, our big events are in public parks you look at like i think one of the ones that pops out to me the most is fountain hills yeah i was gonna say memorial you know it's just there's there's constant walking and driving around that park the whole time and Which, it's something we get super used to but still i think it's gonna leave the sport soonish at least for big events yeah for big events. Like, yeah, certainly. I think for big events. What surprised me, uh, Lions said the worst tournament every year is Memorial. Hmm. Worst how? It's The courses aren't good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just boring. Yeah. Like, it's literally throw a hyzer, be safe. Throw a hyzer, be safe. Throw a hyzer, be yeah. safe. and then make putts. Mm-hmm. Which is not, it's not fun. I don't like watching Memorial on TV. I don't like it at all. I like it only because it's at the beginning of the season and you're just it's, ready to watch good it's golf. Early again. golf, yeah. But, but yeah, like, there there is a solid point to that. Like it, nobody, you want to watch throws uh, pros bomb it. Like you want to watch sure. them crush it. But when every hole's wide open and like the hole's a wide open shot with three trees around the basket and that's it. Yeah. It's like oh, like that's 
not really that fun. Yeah, decent amount of water and some interesting shots, some interesting mm-hmm. uh, like risk reward. Uh, what hole is it? Like nine or something where it's kind of on that peninsula and, and you can go for it. Yep, but very few really. Very do. few for sure, but it's generally a couple of the you know the top half dozen that we're watching are. It's like in the that. top card kind of all goes for it. Yeah, or at least has the ability to think about mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Like, Golf needs to be harder, but less boring still. Yeah. And like I don't know how you do that. It's, you know, it always makes me go back to our conversations with Leonard. And is it the smaller basket debate, you know, without being able to change the courses because mm-hmm. those trees are there? Yeah. How can you make it? tougher and still fair yeah and i think the fair part is the landing the disc like when you start pinching ob especially if you can't see the ob like on a line you were they had issues at uscgc this year where they couldn't see the ob lines yeah or didn't know exactly where, where it was. they were and that like that matters yeah and that sucks like i don't it really sucks like oh i think i threw a good i threw a good shot and you yeah. get up there and you're like oh the ob line was six foot left of where i thought it was yeah i remember a shot like that at uh monterey csumb doubles and it's a it was a temporary hole but you're throwing downhill and you basically throw to this rectangle that's probably 40 feet deep from t-pad looking past the pin and like 60 feet wide decent steep downhill grade and you're throwing and it's probably a firebird shot so decent little distance. You can certainly get a putter there and float it, no problem. Uh, but the basket is at the very front of the box, like right on the front mm. edge. And then those stakes are staked, and then there's a rope at the top. So there's a few shots where people throw down, and it's like, okay, yeah, that looks good. And there's a guy down there spotting. Schoenfelder was down there spotting. He goes, that's out. Like from our angle and our perspective and seeing that line, yeah. the disc looks like it's in. You get down there, and it's a few feet out. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, so it is tough. Yeah, so I I like rope, but I don't love rope. Well, yeah, I mean, because you can't see the rope, so you mm. really like. Ideally, you need both, and honestly, it'd be kind of a fun little experiment or you know perspective management thing to have the rope be down where the ob is, obviously, and then have those strings be where you're teeing off, and it looks like it's exactly where the rope is, even though it's like six feet in front of it. True. You That'd know, be and it'd be it'd be terrible for someone who's, you know, maybe 200 feet away from those ropes. You would just have to know, like, it's in your caddy book. You've got your practice rounds, but that rope is set up for, you know, like a six-foot person mm-hmm. to be looking down that, and it's perfectly lined up to, you know, lay over That'd it. be a weird way to... That'd be hard to do. It'd be really interesting. I kind of like the wall for that reason. You can see yeah. the wall. It's tangible. The wall's solid. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be a different wall rather than pieces that overlap like yeah. there is now. Intersect. It have some sort of pieces that mm-hmm. snap in together. Snap in and can bend also, so you can like form a round shape. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that corrugated plastic should be just fine. I mm-hmm. think that's what it is. I haven't even seen them. I'm pretty sure that's what it, it is. Uh, we saw them up close, but exactly. I just never yeah. Checked. I was gonna say I haven't even seen them up close, but we did at SFO. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't ever focused on what they were made out of. Yeah, when we I was didn't even around. lay like we were supposed to take pictures in front of them. Yeah, 
Well, a lot of the times it's certainly not going to do it during our round. No, it should have been the practice round. Yeah, practice rounds. But some of those practice rounds, you got, you know, guys going behind you, guys in front of you are trying to keep pace. Mm-hmm. Don't really feel like, you know, lying yeah. down in the middle. Next year we'll just own it. Yeah. I remember Sammy like, two years ago tried to steal Paul McBeth's disc. Oh, yeah. I ABR, heard about that. ABR Stamp Destroyer on 18. We were walking down nine, and, mm-hmm. saw, and Sammy like saw a disc and was like, Oh, what is this? And like, grabbed it. He's like, I think someone forgot a disc. And he showed me it. I'm like, no, that's no one doesn't forget a disc. And I looked up and I see Paul walking down 18th fairway. Yeah. And I'm like, I think that's Paul's. And he's like, when Sammy walked over, I was like, is this yours? So <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. Yes. Yes. It Sammy's is. like kind of oblivious and I love it. Yeah. He's like super that's smart, but also oblivious. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good, a good crew. I do think at some point with a warehouse and the need for more people, Hoop and Lion might be next up. Yep. If they want it. I you know, think and I they think they do. would enjoy it. But I know you said Lion makes good money. True. Lion does make good money. So it it's tough to take that kind of a, a pay cut, you I know. I think they would be willing to in the right circumstances, though. Yeah. Which and disc I'd, golf job is kind of the right circumstances life is short if you can find a way to go through you know life doing something that you enjoy and you're happy to go to work every day there's value in that can you imagine us five dumb fucks hanging out together all the time oh man i feel like some days would be super productive and other days would be like we're just throwing frisbees across the warehouse which is still productive yeah question mark question mark we can get a lot of uh, content out of it Exactly. I still think Hoop and Lion might need a TV show or like a YouTube Dude, channel. They need a. I'm gonna hit them up. Definitely gonna you hit them. I'm just gonna tag them in a post. We're gonna. I'm gonna cut this out. Tag them in a post and be yeah. like, "Hey, Hoop Lion, you guys need your own TV show." Yeah. Yeah. So you guys don't know Alex Hoop or Alex Hoop, <laughs> Austin <laughs> Hoop and Alex Lion. Um, they're children. They're children. They're my children, apparently. Yes. Um. I'm very proud of the new family. Yes, and. They're studs. They're young. They're 20-ish. Lion. Yeah, they're not that young. But no, they're, they're young. not that young. They're younger than us. We just feel old. We're older now. We're mm-hmm. 30. We're 30. So and it feels older than a 20-year-old. 20 is a children. Yep. And especially the way Hoop acts sometimes. Hoop is a nut. He I gets, really can't take him seriously. No, he gets fucking excited and goes crazy. He gets... Like, he found... I don't know what it was the other day. I think it was just like a T-bird. Like a stock T-bird. That was like a little bit flatter. I think it was those yellow orange T bird threes, maybe. Oh yeah, I think it yeah. was those. And dude, he's like started like hollering, like hooting and like making all these noises. And then Alex was like, What the fuck are you doing? Like it's what it is. It's hoop says something yeah. crazy, irrational, does something funny and dumb. Boom. Is it beer break? Beer break. We're so back. we're trying to figure out how to make our forehands a little less violent of emotion. Because they're solid. Yes, Sean Jack, we're talking about how good we are. We are. But to have it be a little smoother, a little less violent, and maybe even a little more touch, we're talking about hoops, forehand. Mm-hmm. And so we might do like a one-disc forehand leopard three-round Flippy, yeah, even fairway. forehand T bird, just like something touchier. We threw, we like firebirds exactly because it's overstable and you can mm-hmm. just rip on it. 
it's a it's it's like a dummy shot and for me i look for as many of those as i can find during a round yeah same brain dead easy shots which might be because of our course we play sure that offers more brain dead easy shots it does it does i mean there's there's some shot shaping that's necessary there but mm-hmm. i think a lot of courses can have those that you know will fit different players eyes yeah if you've got a you know 250 foot like sharp hooking whether it's forehand or backhand i'm probably just going to throw my justice about as hard as i can and know that i can't throw it more than 250 and it's an easy shot for me i mm-hmm. like throwing 90 to 95 percent power that's when i feel most accurate same maybe not quite mine's like 90 probably yeah i like throwing pretty hard mm-hmm. i feel real confident with my release and it's something that i've been needing to work on more is feeling very comfortable throwing 75% power. Yeah. Because it's easy to just club down and keep that 90 to 95. Yeah, I've been, my forehand, I feel like I can throw my forehand 60% power and lower, yeah. and then like 85% power and higher. But that like medium range is shaky at times. Yeah, there's those tweener ranges mm-hmm. sometimes, and it's going to happen, you know, once, once a round or once every couple of rounds. Yep. And that's my issue backhand probably too, the same issue, which is probably the, that levels, there's levels to the ship. Yeah. That's one of them. Well, I mean, for me, if it goes to a certain range, I wonder what my, my fan grip distance maximum is. And I really only fan grip mids. I fan grip a lot. Yeah. I want to mess with him. I've done it a little bit with like a leopard three or a fairway. I haven't done it at all with distance drivers. It feels terrible. I have like a modified, like I'll modify them a little bit. Just put yeah. kind of my fingers on the flight plate rather than the rim. Mm-hmm. But still tucking it but pretty close to the rim. It pretty close, and it's a little more control. Yeah, something you just need to mess with too for. And mine too is I lock my pinky on every throw. Yeah, like putts, drives, anything backhand, my pinky is locked against the rim, which a lot of people don't do. No, I think there are plenty that do. Mm-hmm. I think that Feldberg said he did it. I think when... Feldberg does, and I think there was someone else that he was talking about. Yeah, that he said did it too. So it doesn't like it doesn't feel a ton different from my power grip mm-hmm. when I fan it out. Yeah, because I have a few fingers still on the the rim. Yeah, I've messed around with something like that without locking the pinky, but having you know your fingerprints on the flight plate versus the inner rim. Mm-hmm. But scooting it closer, whereas like a putter grip, they're more towards the center of the disc. Yeah. I'll just go my middle finger mostly on my fan grips. Yeah. So it's kind of modified. Kind of like Castro. Didn't Jordan Castro tell us he throws every disc like that? Um, He might have. I think I think when we were playing with him at SFO, every disc he said he throws a modified fan where his middle finger is out. That's like Michael Johansson says mm-hmm. he throws every single shot with the same grip. Yeah, it's crazy. Putters, drives. That's yeah, wild. I guess that's just what felt natural to you. And mm-hmm. Double down on what you're good at. I've changed my grip a few times, and I still I tweak with it a lot. We've talked about our thumb on top, mm-hmm. a decent amount. Yeah, yeah, moving the thumb to get get a little more overstable or understable flight out of it. Yeah, I think it's like a pure spin. Mm-hmm. When your thumb's closer to the outer edge, you used get... to have my finger on the outer rim for both putts and drives when I first started. Same. Same, and then I switched when someone told me it was a terrible idea. Yeah, I think it's kind of a natural thing to start with, mm-hmm. and then yeah, inevitably like a frisbee style. Mm-hmm. You want to? I don't know why you want to put your finger on the outer rim, but 
Yeah. I mean, I guess it is. It's stabilization. I think more than anything, it's a comfort level. Comfort. That's the biggest thing in disc golf. Be comfortable. No doubt. But sometimes you have to be talked out of that comfort because it's not good for the long run. True. Farm. That's farm things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even grip. Yeah, for sure. Grip issues with people. Like we were just talking about. You know, it was comfortable in the beginning to have your finger on the outside rim. Mm -hmm. Then you learn. I don't know how Ricky putts, man. With that, like, yeah, fingers straight. His hands, like, just basically, like, in a high five position, mm-hmm. with his thumb across the top. Yeah, and his fingers like straight out. I don't. That's just. I try it, and it just feels so awkward. And he gets so much power from it. Snapping, like he just like pops his fingers up. Like yep. he just perfected that. Yeah. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. I don't know either. I've tried to replicate some version of it, like. Sometimes it's the stance. Sometimes it's just that straight arm and just the dead mm-hmm. just pop up. Everyone I've seen try to replicate his putt exactly has a zero spin on the disc sure. and throws it super nose. I mean, he throws it really nose down too. He does, but he throws it hard. I think hard it's hard for a lot of people to commit mm-hmm. to how hard he, he throws puts. it. Yeah. And everyone misses like low and hits lock or hits yeah. cage on a good putt. Yeah. Surprised that they keep hitting cage. Mm hmm. Oh, how do you get a cage? Like, dude, you're trying like the hardest style of putting there is. Like, I don't know if there's many. Like, Paul's is probably the easiest, and he's perfected it. It's kind of that spush putt, the medium. Yeah, kind just of drop it right down to the left knee. Mm-hmm. Kind of a locked elbow until that it's, last little. It's pop. kind of the natural way you see. If you were like, oh, that's just how you should putt. Like mm-hmm. the natural way it comes to people. Yeah, that's Eagle's got done. a little more of that spin and kind of into the like pocket of his belly, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. K Jones is that straddle. My jump putt's got some K Jones in it, the way it yeah. looks at least. It doesn't go in as often, but well, it's hard to. Not a lot goes in as often as K Jones does. Yeah, his jump putt's pretty legit. Yeah, but I'm like the same straddle jump putt. Thirty four feet, I'm jump putting. Yeah, most same, of the time at least. Same, and I've been straddle on the jump for at least six months or so. You almost went good. full straddle. I yeah, I have been. Yeah. I have been since maybe a month and a half. It was probably a month before NTI. I was messing around with it, and it just felt good. My thing is I've always really liked to have my arm straight ever since I started kind of breaking down putting form Mm -hmm. is I like fewer levers. Yep. I like as few levers as you can. I really try to kind of lock my, my, my wrist and my elbow and just have a very straight lever motion. I, but there's always a little wrist action in I there. Like it that, needs to be there. But I feel like the elbow and the wrist give you spin. Yeah. And I learned that putting in the wind here. Oh, dude, in the wind, like, you absolutely yeah, need spin. Spin. And so, like, I started messing some elbow and some yeah. wrist. And now my putt's got a little bit of both. It's not as straight levered as it used to be. I think even as straight a lever as I tried to have, I still have plenty of elbow flexion. Yep. For I think sure. I have tons of it. I would like to see your putt with a touch more wrist. Yeah. And that's what I was messing around with mm-hmm. just like a week and a half ago. I didn't want to tweak anything too much before NTI, but yeah, was messing around with a little bit more spin action. I just hate how much left-right it brings into it. Yeah. When you start missing right a few times, it gets frustrating. Yeah. I'm like, well, you're flicking your wrist, mm-hmm. you know? That's why. When I'm off like that, I start aiming a touch left. I hate doing it. I'd rather just aim dead center and hit it. But yeah, it you gotta make like adjustments. But you yeah, gotta you make do. adjustments, and especially in same. round. Yep, and that's an adjustment. Yeah, 
it's just a mindset too. You have to trust what you're going with, mm-hmm. no matter what you know your your form is going into an event, relying on on what you've decided to be, and just go down with that ship. Yep, go down with it. That's what I do. That's why I go OB so often. <laughs> just keep doing it. I'm gonna have fun, and I'm gonna throw shots. I think I can make. Yeah. And I go OB a lot. It's all right. It happens. Risk reward. I don't go OB as much as some people. I've seen some terrible OB rounds. Oh, Jeremy. I don't know. So, a little funny story about me and Jeremy Farnsworth. I have a feeling we're heading north. Yeah, we're heading north up to Milo. And I can't remember what hole. I wish I knew that the two courses and like the holes better. But it's a downhill par four island road on the right side the whole way. Camera's rolling. Camera's rolling. <laughs> I like throw a really good shot. Like I feel like it's a good shot. It hits the curb though. It stays OB. So I'm like, well, I went out pretty early. And just like re T. Re T shank a shot, like super far right. I don't know. I end up taking a ten triple P. <laughs> Maybe quad P ten quad P is what it was. So four OB strokes. Yeah, six throws. Six throws, four OB strokes. And I'm like, well, nobody's going to shoot a higher score on any hole in the next-gen challenge. Like, the whole thing. Like, yeah. I don't know how many people were there. <laughs> and then the very next day, our boy Armando in Sonat, who is staying with me and Jer up there. And we toured Airbnb all year. And toured all year this year. Uh, and shout out Naked Jesus. He uh, he goes, hey, dude, you got to go find Jer and ask, uh, go talk to him real quick. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what the hell? Like, all right. So maybe he aced or maybe he had shot a good round. I'm like, what's up, Jer? I heard, like, something happened. He goes... He starts shaking his head, looks at me, goes, dude, I took an 11, four, 11 4P on the hole you took <laughs> a 10 on. He got you by one. He got me by one. And he goes, the cameras were rolling for me, too. So I don't know where they're at. I've never seen I want to see this footage. I wonder who was taping and if we could get that footage. Like, it's probably deleted, but it might be on a hard drive somewhere. Somewhere. I hope it's there because it was great. I hope it's there. It's just That'd me and Jer being both of them. dejected. I, I don't even know if they followed us down the fairway. He might have just like stopped and like we're going somewhere else. Yeah, like, I threw OB three times in a row. Like just yeah. Was his a similar way of getting to it? It yep. kind of has. It to has be to be just hanging hole. out right too far yep. a couple times. I can picture. Is that the one that has the island green? Yep, island green. Okay. Yeah, um, so you can picture it. Beaver State fling. Eagle said that he in practice he parked it with a PD right. Yep, yeah. in practice he parked oh. it with a PD, dude, and that's. I think now, especially, that was a couple years ago. So I think now, especially, I could get close ish if I pimp it. Sure. But I think it'd still be like 70 short. Well, and it takes such an aggressive mindset to get it there, too. And you have to throw like some, I think you have to throw something flippy ish. Yeah. And like, because it's not, it's not wide. It looks wide off the start, but it starts creeping together. So at you're the end. launching flippy off the T pad when there's OB right. And downhill. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it really takes a different mindset. And that's why so many people lay up short left, you know, mm-hmm. and just go to the next hole. Yep. Basically, you're you're going to recognize that you're not going to gain a stroke on this hole, but you're not going to give any up. Mm-hmm. That's a hard hole, man. That whole course is just filled with tough shots. Yeah, that's an easy one to check off the bucket list at some point because it's could, West Coast. It's just hard because they only have that layout like three times a year. Yeah. Because it's 27 holes normally mm-hmm. and they have nine holes pulled and some of those holes that are pulled are awesome holes isn't it two 18s and then they 
No, okay, so it it's, is 27, 20, and they morph it to 218s they, yep. for Beaver State. And they have solid, they have permanent tee pads and pins everywhere for them all, but they just always have 27 in the ground. It's interesting, like trying to picture, you know, De La, mm-hmm. where that's a traditional 27 plus a few, but, At you know, that nine. you can play any day that has 27, and then it gets broken up into 218s mm-hmm. for the major tournament. It's, tri- it's kind of trippy, too, when you're playing... The first few times I played practice rounds, um, so I was there for a while. I played too many practice rounds, probably too. Went in Rome? Yeah. I, I got to play Milo like 12 times in 10 days or something yeah. like that. Like, that's I don't awesome. think you did anything wrong. No, I didn't do anything. And in both those layouts, like nothing went wrong. But I don't know. It's like kind of hard to navigate if you don't exactly know where you're going because mm-hmm. there's like natural paths to every hole. Like yeah. there's a lot of ways to go about it. Yeah. Super pretty property. Right next to the water, which is you don't see. No, I didn't the, know there was water there. Dude, it's the river Jared, or lake. River. Uh the Calacamus. I think that's how you pronounce it. Hmm. It's um Jared threw a disc in the water on a hole. Yes, he did. Oh. Today? No, I'm just I'm oh, not surprised. Yeah. You're up there, yeah. Love you, Jer. I can't remember what hole it is. It's a hard hole. He threw a forehand and went in the water. And then like that par five that's like twelve hundred feet, twelve eighty. Mm-hmm. That oh, is Oh yeah, that's a tough par dude, five. Dude, there's water right? the whole way on the right. No shit. Yeah, you can't really see. It. That's a super tough par five. Yeah, I, that's a joke because it's got road on the left, right? Late. Yeah. I don't think it's OB road. It's not OB road, but, but like there a is a road. road. It's like a dirt road on the yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew there was water on the right. Everyone throws roller off the tee pad. It's such it's, a trip. Yeah, that definitely that hole. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a trip. How different? Like even your home course. If you're lucky enough to have a really nice home course, or just even seen video of your home course, it looks so different on camera. Dude, Oak looks crazy. Exactly. Twenty fourteen. Twenty fifteen, I think. Yeah, champs? one of those two. Yeah. NorCal champs is uh, Max Nichols shreds gold side. I think shoots like fifteen on eighteen. It's Drew Anton. And Barsby. Barsby, and I feel like a couple other people. Diego. Yeah, because there's two or three there. rounds they've showed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Prior Heiser. I'm yep. pretty sure. Yeah. Pavo. Yep. I miss Pavo's videos. I know that it's not super lucrative, especially if you're not basically if you're not Jomez, it's hard to to make a decent amount. Um, but I miss seeing that out there. He's filming for Central Coast. Mm-hmm. He's doing. I think he might be their, one of their main guys now. Good. So he's still using his talents, mm-hmm. just the uh, the name. And he is decent. He's a decent mm-hmm. filmer. Yeah, like, decent commentary too. Yeah, he is. Uh, it looks like Gatekeeper Media is making a push. Yeah, there's. What are they joining? I think they're doing Pro, Pro Tour or, or NTs because Joe Mez like signed that. on for NTs, and I think Gatekeeper signed on to do all Chase Card. Yeah, I which still has value it's for sure. You know, think about how many times Paul's been on Chase Card and making yeah. a push from Chase Card. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to see. I mean, we were excited going into this year, and I think it's only gonna get. More and more exciting. Mm-hmm. I always say, like, I always have a disclaimer, like, barring anything apocalyptic, <laughs> just because I don't want to be wrong, <laughs> barring anything apocalyptic, like, it's just going to keep growing and being so, you know, more and more excitement leading into this next year. And we'll see who's potentially moving manufacturers for sponsors. We know a couple. Nico going to Westside. Yeah. Um, Drew going crazy. Yeah. And Drew doing crazy all sorts bags. of stuff. And Infinite and Legacy, and he posted an Innova post and a Discraft post. Yeah. Like, so he's throwing everything. I would love to see what his contracts are like with any of these 
partners that he's going to have throughout the year. Yeah, it would be interesting. You know, is there anything official with Discraft or Innova, or are you just bagging what is going to make you the best? Mm -hmm. I think that's like ultimately is what it is, is he's going to bag what he thinks makes him the best, which is something that we've talked about theoretically. And I think, you know, with the Feldberg, it sort of got brought in. Mm -hmm. But I do wonder if there's any incentives from these companies. I know he's going to have a signature disc with Legacy, so there's a contract there for sure. Mm -hmm. And there's a contract with Infinite, but I wonder if there's anything else. And I don't think that there is, but there might be. Like, I don't know if Innova or Discraft is going to toss some stuff his way, even if it's just free plastic. Yeah, I wonder... Well, didn't Nico say he was getting free plastic from Innova before? There was. I think we heard it from the other side, though. Is that what it was? Yeah, that there was some sort of agreement, and that's why he was still bagging a decent amount of mm-hmm. Innova and Discmania. So I'm assuming something like that's going to happen. They might give him 50 discs a year. Yeah, just to make sure that there's some of your product in there. It's a super small price to pay. Yeah, with 50 discs, is a couple hundred bucks maybe. Yeah, not their even. cost, it's not, it's not a ton. No. For someone like that who... It's great on social media. Yeah. Like there's a lot of benefit there. Absolutely. But yeah, it'd be interesting for him to do that. And then there's a people leaving going all over the place. I've heard rumors that Heimberg's going to Discraft. That's wild. I've heard I mean, it's been small things. I think I saw something it's all rumors, but I saw something online that Heimberg was leaving and then Discraft posted their team page that had some spots. A spot between Yuli and Paul. Yeah, so there's not a huge pool of people that can fit the gap between Paul and Paul, between Yuli and Macbeth, as far as being the number two on Team Discraft. Um, And then I think someone, I saw this post recently, someone won like a raffle prize at a tournament, and it was a Macbeth-Zeus, and the story was that Heimberg said, oh, let me see that disc, and then signed it and gave it back to him. And so that was just, that's me yeah. extrapolating from that going, I think Heimberg's going to go to Discraft. That makes sense. Yeah. You called Drew going to Legacy. Yeah. Sort of. Little inside info there. Oh, all right. Well. But I, th- I was, I, honestly, it was more hope than anything because I really wanted to see Legacy sign, sign a big name. Yeah. You know, Pat Brown's a big name, but he's in Masters. Yeah, and he's a big name NorCal in our area. That is, yeah, we're probably a little biased towards that. He might be a big name in Texas now. Sure. I mean, in 2016, U.S. Masters champion. So he's got got plenty of wins behind him and a couple signature wins. But again, it's... It's tough in the age-protected divisions to to be a top, top name. He's 50-plus now. I know he is. That's crazy. It is. He's He's one of the younger-looking 50s, too. He's the best in-shape 50-year-old in the world. No doubt. For disc golf, at least. Yeah. Old skateboard, dude. Pretty good tagger. Yep. Skateboard and tagging. Cut his teeth on that. Used to be a professional skateboarder. Sponsored, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's dope. Pretty sure he told... It might have been at U.S. Masters we were talking about it. That was the first time I met him. He's a cool cat. He is. He's a really... He's hard to play with. He is. He can be. And I think what makes him hard to play with makes him really good for giving insight because he's going to tell you exactly how he feels. I feel like I have a little bit of him in me. Sure. Sure. I like watching you and Koski go at it. <laughs> it's a fun. Me and him are getting better. 
Yeah. You guys are fine. We are fine. We're more on the same page now. He's just a grumpy old fuck. He is. I tried to compliment on his uh, Modesto design on his disc. Oh, he walked off in the middle of the first round. I heard he quit. Oh, yeah. Well, I talked to him. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm grabbing my disc and I'm leaving. I can't do this shit. Yeah. It was too slow. Too yep. slow pace. Yep. He was like, I'm hurting anyways. Yeah. He's a really good gol- golfer, though. Oh, I was just trying to think of like a NFL comparable to Chosky. him where it's super talented but oft injured. Ooh. You know, there's or like... Is he like a Greg Oden, you know? Yeah, a bit older. Yeah. There's no comparison in football because no one will last that long. No, I think there's plenty of guys who, who get injured plenty, yeah, though. I don't are. know I'm blanking on it right now, but there's there's guys up there. And it's sad to see in any sport because... I hate injuries so much. Yeah, especially in fantasy football. Oh, yeah, that really sucks. <laughs> R.I.P. George Kittle for these couple weeks and then especially when they like get hurt and then they lose their job when they get hurt sure like dave johnson yeah i mean he sucks the last couple weeks too but dude he was so good like a year and a half ago dude, two he years was ago so good earlier this year like maybe not in real football like he didn't run very much but for fantasy points like, yeah he got all the touches so yeah in a ppr league mm-hmm. the game script where you're down and they're throwing to you yeah it's like yeah injuries suck that they do. I would. I'm not a fan. I'm to g- see the battle of him and Kenny Lee when they're both healthy is a fun one for the Dude. for the fifty plus guys. Even Kenny, like he's he's healthy, I guess. I wouldn't call him healthy. Yeah, I think he. I mean, he's, he's healthy enough to be playing every week. He's which is dealing good. with some some lingering stuff, though. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was talking about his back today. Yeah, but Kenny Lee's a stud. Stoked to have a Kenny Lee mini. Yeah, need him to sign world it. champion. Is it 2018? Yep, 2018. Yep. Senior Grand World Champion. Senior Champ. Grand Masters World Champion. We're lucky to have him as a stalwart in our local disc golf scene. I can remember him going pretty much as far back as when I started playing in like 94. There's a handful of guys that I remember from back then. Russ is one of them that was pretty much around back then, and I still see J-Bone. Is a it's a good local community. Yeah, we have a good core, mm-hmm. a really good core. Some people with some knowledge. Yeah, and plenty of people that you know phase in and phase out, which I'm sure is the case with with all local Dude, disc golf communities. Someone told me like after I won St. Patty's, they're like people like you. They come in real hot and then they they're burning out really fast. You won't be playing the sport that much longer. And I was well, like, and the Whoa. guy has the, the odds might have been with him. Mm, you know maybe i feel like yeah i don't know i feel like when you win something like that it it can energize you you. it keeps you around but also to win that you probably have some other skills you are probably athletic enough Mm -hmm. there's plenty of unathletic people who have won stuff but you might have greener pastures as green as disc golf is that's that's fair enough. And I life takes that. you in a lot of spots, you know? Yeah, that's a somewhat true statement, I suppose. Because I've seen plenty of guys do real, really real well, well in yeah. like AM1, AM2, even open, and then just kind of mm-hmm. fall off, you yep. know? Not even skill level fall off, just like... Yeah, just gone. Yeah, Not life, life takes you somewhere else. Look at like a Brandon Norton. Yeah, Brandon. You know, solid player. Zach and Taylor. Just still plays. Family, yeah. 
I think I'm, that's a lot of what it is. I is never it's really saw family. Zach play much. Yeah. Like everyone always talks about how good he was, and I'm like, he's solid. Really good yeah. putter. Could putt from just about anywhere and had maybe more distance than Jer. Damn, that's some. Jer would argue Dude, it probably, but uh, someone told me uh, Belong was telling me that that John, uh, what's his name, Johnny, oh, has yeah. more like as much power as Jer. Maybe played with him today, and he's got plenty. Um, it's a little wild. Solid though. He's just solid, cool playing, putt right? too. He's what? He just started playing, like not just started playing, but yeah, he's been playing know. not that long. I think no clue. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. Good dude, like him. Uh, through the Simon Lazat Crescent Falcon two, that MD four, the Glow MD four, mm-hmm. threw it on a few different shots that seemed like it might not have been the best play, but he certainly could reach it. Like purple sixteen gold is three ninety, a t- or uh, sixteen purple. Yeah, three ninety, maybe a touch downhill, as narrow as it gets, sort of for oak, where you do kind of have to hit a hit wow. a path, even though yeah. there's not a ton of trees. It is shaped that way. Um, through that, it wasn't great, but like I know he could get it there. I mean, I could get a mid there. I think. I think we could. I don't want to. No, there's not a lot of margin for error there. I can definitely get a mid there because I can. I've thrown a Luna. I've birdied that hole with a not a Luna, but a P two. Yeah. I birdied that hole the P two once and a yeah. putter only round, so like I can get there, but that's just a lot of effort. I don't want to expend anymore. I feel like any of those with that mid is if you flip it a little too much or if it's on a little bit too much of a hyzer, the line is gonna stay true mm-hmm. and it's gonna holds. exaggerate how much you missed by. Yeah, whereas because they're glidey and they'll yeah. like cover more ground left to right. And it's a huge benefit on a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. You know, I still like the idea of taking a mid on purple seven and going over the top because it's yeah. a shot where you really want it to hold that backhand yeah. handy for a long you time. You want it hanging out really wide is part of the reason because that yep. tree creeps in. Yeah, and it's just a little too long for a forehand. Yeah, it's like high. You got to get it nose mm-hmm. up too much for the forehand. Yeah, there's trees mm-hmm. about 100 feet out that force you to go about 20, 25 up maybe. Mm-hmm. And then trees that are 50, 60 feet tall lining the whole right side yeah. and pretty much the straight at it route. So you have to go left and around, mm-hmm. but it, and it's like 370. It's just, it's a long forehand. Eagle and them would be able to throw a forehand. Eagle would throw very a Spikeheiser PD forehand. Dude, he probably would. Something stupid. That guy's gross. <laughs> he like gross. there's some people in baseball, like you way. see him pitch and they're just like filthy. They're gross. Like who? Um, Garrett Cole, yeah. uh, Blake Trinan, not this year so much, but last year on the A's, the closer. Just like 98-mile-an-hour sinkers that are moving 12 Ugh. inches. Like, unreal, stupid shit. And that's what Eagle is for for disc golf. Just gross. Like, some of the stuff he does is... Un- like, those... What was that, wintertime a few years ago? Or two years ago when he's throwing the forehand roller with a D-line FD? Yep. yep. Like, up the hill, like... That's sick. It's so sick. Yeah. That's just... No one can do that. Like, who does that? Not like that, yeah. Like, nobody does that shit. Yeah. Well, that's the creativity, too. That's my favorite part about disc golf is how creative people yep. are. Watching, like, watching Hoop throw these lines, because he has a different forehand. Back to the, his forehand again. Yeah. He has this different forehand where it's like a pop. It's kind of big germish. Yeah. Where, like, he'll get stuff to stand up. Yeah, I think that's a really good comparable. Get stuff to stand up and, like, or flip. And he throws both flippy stuff. Like he'll throw a firebird though, and it'll like stand up a little bit, mm-hmm. and it hits the ground softly. 
It's pace, I it's think. It's pace, and it's a lot of things. And like watching him throw a shot, like me and you are going to throw like a wide, a wide forehand hyzer, and yeah. he's throwing like this gold seventeen. Yeah, gold seventeen. Like I should probably go wide. For, I go. We go three different lines. There, all three of us actually. We're no seventeen. Oh, we throw the same. Yeah, and we he throw threw the, the same. flex. Yep, and he threw the flex. And it's just like, I don't know, watching him just adjust his forehand to some lines. Yeah. So you know, Modesto, it's I don't know. I'm so bad at their whole numbers. When you park up top by scenic side. Yep. That first hole on the left, right there. This is one going down the hill. One going down the hill. Hoop take a forehand between those trees on the left. Uh, I can't really picture the shot, but I, I can sort of. It's like a seven foot line. I don't know where they put the permanent T there. Mm, yeah, it's kind of by the fence. Yeah, so I think it's where they left had of the gazebo it for a little bit. Yeah, but those trees on the left like grew. So there's like a seven foot line, and he just like pimps this forehand through there. Yeah, it's like I wouldn't. I look at it be like, nah, no way. We need to get more hoop and line on video. I should have done it this weekend. I, I thought about it. I don't remember when, but it was too late. But to think about it, just go walk around and film it. I wonder if they'll be at Lodi. I'll go walk around and film it. With I think them. I, I saw Lion signed up. I won't play. I'll go film them. Yeah. They deserve to be on video. They're good. Yeah. They're dedicated in it. So. They are. I love seeing, seeing what they're going to be able to do. That rape band so funny, man. It is. And Hoop cares about it so much. Hoop loves that thing. Hey, they bought it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was one of the first like big purchases they've it's, thrown down on. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's funny. Like sometimes the driver door don't open. Yeah, like there's some things wrong with it, and it's so funny. Like, sure. <laughs> oh, Hoop figured out for the first time. You know how when you the inside dash lights, like you can dim them and brighten yeah. them with a knob. Yeah. He had no clue cars did that. Okay. And he was we were at Taco Bell on the way back, and he's like. Dude, the lights aren't working, Can't man. Can't see anything. The lights aren't working. I'm like, there's like knob over there. Just turn it. And he did it. And he's like, he light bulb flicks. literally this just is, went on. This is why we need a, a show for them. Stuff yes. like this. Like, it sounds like kind of boring and lame. Then you like see the interactions between him and Lion. Dude, it's hilarious. It's I great. think that's where the mics cut out last time. Was we we're just talking about needing to have a hoop and lion show. Yes, we need a hoop and lion show. I figure, I think it'll be like Robin Big almost. Yeah. Is it's those two and just kind of the goofy interactions. And I think Hoop will be Rob. Just yep. kind of a little bit off the walls and bouncing around. Got some crazy ideas, mm-hmm. some grand ideas, like just going to roll with it. And, and Lions like, just Whoa. chill and just reacting to like white kid going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they are both white kids, though. They are both white kids. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I'm excited for them. One sponsored by Legacy, Lion. I guess it's official now. Is it now? Yep. Good. It's official. Lion Good sponsored by Legacy. And Hoop is sponsored by Innova. Yeah, Hoop was almost Legacy, almost, almost Prodigy. Prodigy. And then Innova said, now we got you. I sent them some sick Firebirds. I don't know if you saw those. No, I don't think I have seen them. They're that like run of, like, kind of like the Smoke Dracos. Yeah. That smoke color, a little more gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, flat like we like them stiff with a red fracture and of a team stamp on them nope. small mini one yeah and apparently they're only supposed to send out end of a team stamps in certain colors hmm. and this is not one of them so he got kind of lucky interesting because people were copying them somehow yes i saw that so apparently that's how it happened they were using 
So they they limited to certain foils so they can know who, which ones they have. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the names because I remember absolutely that kind of like team Innova scandal. Mm-hmm. And I remember the name of the shop they did it at. I'll leave it out because from what I understand and from the discussions that I've had with him before and after, reputable guy was has a stamping machine and did up the stamp with I guess like the knowledge that these were just going to be used by this guy and then he went off and sold a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. There's a couple names running through my head on who that might be and I don't want to say any of them because it's <laughs> probably going to be wrong. But I absolutely remember that happening and selling a bunch of team stamp stuff. And actually, the team stamp market went down a little bit because mm-hmm. of all the fake team stamp stuff out there. Yeah, this sure. I'm sure there's still a ton floating around. Yeah, no and doubt. How do you tell? Yep. I'm sure there might be someone. Will there know. is some way to tell. It's the the true team stamps have much sharper wings. Okay. There are a little bit rounded wings on the other ones from the little bit that I've seen. I've never been a big team stamp guy. I've never thrown a single one. I don't care to. I had a couple, but that's it. Yeah. I bought them. Oh, I don't know if I should say that, but I don't think they're allowed to sell their discs. I'll cut this out. Just beep it. Yep. Bought it from beep. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's... uh, it's it's an interesting market. I mean, the whole disc golf secondary market, it's strongly linked with any collector market, like go Beanie Baby or something like that, mm-hmm. or playing cards, you know, baseball cards or magic or Pokemon, whatever it is. The beauty of the disc collector market is at least they have some use, you know, yeah. same with, I guess, magic. Oh, yeah. Or Pokemon, they're able to be used. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball cards are weird. Th- they are. I I have a ton of them. Yeah. I mean, I'm a baseball kid growing up. My yeah. dad loves baseball cards. But I've always had like this weird, like, what do you do with them? Yeah, exactly. At like, that point, it's just a form of currency almost that yeah. maybe fluctuates more than Bitcoin. That fluctuates a lot. Right? Oh, Gary V loves them, though, so it can't be that he bad. He thinks they're coming back. Yeah, that's he what thinks it is. it's undervalued. And, and yeah. he has nostalgia there. Also, sure. I think this might be a point where Gary Vee's wrong. Um, maybe, or he recognizes that it's that time to come back. True. That maybe it's a lot of '90s kids, '80s kids really liked this and liked collecting it. Now they have money because they're 30, 40 years old, and mm-hmm. they want to spend their money on stuff they like, and they're going back to this. True. Could be that. Yeah, I, I don't just know. Feel like baseball cards is a weird thing. Like any of it if it's purely collectible just for the fact that it's rare and there's a market for it and it doesn't have any true use like you look at a 2001 ce rock or something that has high value they've always been two three hundred bucks now they're four or five hundred some of them maybe even raffled at like a thousand it's a really good run of the rock Mm -hmm. you can rip on it it's nice and flat it's early early ce it's plastic that people liked it was a good run, and so there was value there. And a guy goes, "Okay, you know, I'm going to spend two hundred bucks on this rock, but I'm a touring pro. I know I'll be able to make that money off of yeah. using this. Mm-hmm. You know, baseball cards you're not going to use for anything. So, so, like, how do you feel about like a piece of art's not the right, but like a historical artifact? Because, mm-hmm. like, in some regards, baseball cards are historical artifacts. Sure." 
Sure, like but it's not... manu- it's so manufactured where I think historical historical artifacts had meaning maybe not at the time that they were made. Look at like Declaration of Independence. It certainly yeah. had meaning at the time. Now it's a historical so, artifact. So is like look back at this moment. What about like when they find these old cups mm-hmm. and like I don't know from twenty eight hundred BC. I don't know if there was cups around. Sure, there. but like they're worth money. Yeah, like there's some value yeah. to them. Yeah, and there's certainly no use for there's it no anymore. There's no use for them anymore, except maybe like a talking piece or yeah. something. You know, and for... I, maybe that's what one day baseball cards will be. Yeah, like or if, even now, you know, now, you get a yeah. buddy and it's like we, you know, if I was a baseball card guy and we brought ours in and we looked at them for a little bit, I'm sure there's a fun evening there of you know baseball nerds going at it and like, oh, you have this yeah. card, I have this card. True. Um, but I, you know, and. Uh, to me, part, half of me says, like that cup, it's really cool. It's, you know, old. It has some significance. It can take you back and maybe give you some insight mm-hmm. on that time. And the other half of me goes, it's a fucking cup. Like, <laughs> yeah, there, was a, same. there was a ton of these at the time. This one happens to be here. That's cool. It's random. Yep. It's a fucking cup. Well, it's like, I think all the things that have a ton of money, value behind them, have stories behind them. Sure. Like discs, like the night shifts. Yeah. Um, but like in baseball cards, it's the Ty Cobb, the, I used to know the whole name of it. Whatever. It's the old Ty Cobb from tobacco. Okay. From cigarette packs. It was a card that he's put in cigarette packs. And the reason why it's, it's the most expensive card ever, sold mm-hmm. for over a million dollars multiple times. And just one of them? No, I think there's like eight or nine known in existence. I could be wrong. It might have gone up since yeah. the last time I A lot checked. of them thrown away, I would assume. Thrown away. Yeah. Not A lot of them not in mint condition. Sure. Um, and part of the reason was he, there's not that many of them because he said, I don't want to be associated with kids in tobacco. Yeah. Or like this is, I don't know. Not, no, it's not Ty Cobb. It's Honus Wagner. Okay. Honus Wagner. T9, I think might be the card name. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, he didn't want yeah, to be associated so there's with tobacco. Something... So there's a story behind yeah, it. Exactly. And there's a rarity. And that's what it always takes. Like mm-hmm. for sure, it's supply and demand, and there's low supply and there's high demand. Yeah. And normally I feel like in collectibles, demand is because of a story. Sure. Like Yeah. It makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying with the night shift destroyers, is there was like two hundred and thirty five destroyers made. It wasn't even the first night shift. I think the first night shifts were orcs. And it it wasn't supposed to be made, mm-hmm. essentially. You know, people are blending plastics and, you know, messing around with weird shit, which I think is one of the... I think that's the biggest perk for when we start disc manufacturing to I do it in-house. mess with plastics. That'd be so fun. Right? And I think we'd be able to do it if we did it with an Innova or a Legacy or a Prodigy to say, hey, can you mix, you know, these two or three plastics and try to create, you know, this... And they'll do it, yeah. but they probably have to do like a few hundred of them at yeah. the very least. They can't do 20. Yeah. Or, or even 200. just two. Yeah. You know, just like we're going to fuck with this and this and make one. And it's going to take, you know, like two or three machine hours to do it because that's how mm-hmm. they're going to rate the time. Yeah. Is that, you know, it's going to take so many hours to do this where if we're just messing around oh, with those machines sales. at two in the morning <laughs> and we're tossing in, you know, this normal plastic and a fucking beer glass with half a stout left in it and we just want to see what happens they're not going to do that and no. that, the machine probably doesn't want us to do that so maybe not a beer glass maybe the stout yeah maybe just the stout throw some stout in there let it uh let it ferment for a little bit 
Oh, I want to do that so bad. Just mess around with some plastic and, and you know how cool it would be to have like a Firebird, but it's our Firebird. Yeah. And then to one day show up at a tournament, throw a disc, like, what was that? Like, that was the so and so. Like, what plastic? Oh, this was, this is one of two. Yeah. And would that be legal? I, I know. That was my thought. And I think it would be. Because the mold is. Exactly. I think you mold. could tweak around whatever plastics you want with that approved mold. Yep. Um, and then there's there's probably, or there's definitely rules and regulations for the plastics, but I don't think it's enforced like much at all. Didn't Gateway get in trouble for their old stiff plastic? Yeah, for being too stiff. Being too I think stiff. that's the first one that came to mind was the, how stiff a disc is yeah. can rule it out. But yeah, we want some to, stiff frisbees. Yeah, and there's there's plenty. Within the range of allowable stiffnesses, I yeah, just want to go near the edge of that. Plenty stiff discs. I want a pure white Firebird. <laughs> yeah, those pure whites are so hard. They're very stiff. I want to try one though. Dude, how come every In a premium plastic? How come every pure white wizard comes out puddle topped? Yeah, and a little thinner. Mm-hmm. They're all puddle to- and they're all beefier. Yeah. Not when you throw them. When you put them though. Yeah. When you throw them, they're kind of wizardy. I gotta piss. All right. Break time again. All right. We're. Yep, we're recording. Sweet. So, yeah, going back to that initial thought of how we get better, and maybe the short answer is doing more stuff like this too. Mm-hmm. I think more of everything. More I think the thing Always. with the thing with the girls was awesome. Yep. I think it turned out better than either of us expected also. Yeah. And it could have been better. Like it could have been way better and it wasn't bad again like to the, you know, us having the the dinner after SFO. Yeah. Is it can be way better, but it wasn't bad at all. I think we all got distracted by everything going on. There's a lot going on. But there wasn't like it didn't sound, it didn't come through the microphones as much as yeah. I th- as we thought. Yeah. Um, and then we could have kept going. Like we asked Bailey a bunch of questions. We didn't ask Kelly. We never got there. Yeah. You're, well, I wanted. Yeah, I had. I'm itchy. No. Um, I thought you were telling me I had something there. No, like, you're good. I wanted to get Bailey into it because she was less vocal than Kelly, Kelly. was. Yeah, for Kelly's sure. super she, easy, and she's on it all over it. Like mm-hmm. she's she's ready to talk. Yep, she loves it. She'll be so good at this. Yeah. I think Bailey will too, though. If yeah. Bailey finds her comfort zone and absolutely, I think a couple beers will yeah. loosen her up a little bit. Yep, and I think her, the two of them together are great. They are, and even Jesse was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought the three of them together was good. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to find some way to be able to get that to happen more. They Logistically, it's tough. Yeah, like I could even bring the stuff to somewhere. Sure. Like if they wanted to meet at a course, not even at, not at a course. That's not the you best know, place. But, at, but like at, at, a house. at either one of their houses, like yeah. want to meet in San Jose, want to meet in Davis, meet yep. here. Like I think it would be good for them. Yeah. What I mean, what I hate is that it's so easy to talk about. It's harder to execute. Yeah, hard to actually happen. I would love to see it happen because I think that there's plenty of good good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just. Hmm. Maybe we can do it next year, especially starting in the new year, where we pick out a tournament a month, kind of like as an OTB, like kind of get together almost. Yeah. Where we uh, invite some people and have different people on. We can do their podcast. 
maybe do a little mini podcast with someone that came with us. I'd love to get at least like a guest a month, a solid guest a month, whether it's having to travel to get it or Mm -hmm. having someone come in, you know, if it's a John Baldwin or Kelly and or Bailey, just something. Yeah. To, to, and it doesn't have to be a huge name. You know no. what I mean? To it doesn't have to be a disc offer all the time. No. No, I mean, we had Austin on. I think mm-hmm. that was a good episode. It was still early. I think Benny would be good. Yep. Benny's our friend that makes Olympia and small business owner. Exactly. Um, there's a few I think we that'd be pretty good mm-hmm. to have on. So I guess that's that's another answer to how do we make it better and how do we bring more content than just you crash and I doing our thing once a week, which which is good and it's fun and people are listening. Mm -hmm. Um but to to keep broadening the horizons and kind of expanding what what it is that we're bringing. Yeah. I think yeah just guests. People freshen things up. Get a new perspective in here. Yeah. Change our perspective a little bit. Well, and that content is so easy, too, because a lot of it is just interviewing and kind of, you know, introducing our Mm -hmm. audience into these people that we find interesting. Yep. And we're going to take it on tangents. No doubt. Like, I think John was a little surprised by the tangents. And it was immediate. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It was like, oh, we're over here now. Yeah. Yeah. We. And uh, I think he asked twice in the first five minutes, like, are we live? Yeah, we're live. We're going. Like this is it's who we are. Yep. It's why Welcome. we're. It's why we do things the way we do. Is that's our personalities. We don't say no. We like. We're a little haywire. Well, and it's owning the format too, mm-hmm. and like it's not a, not a format versus non-format thing, but owning the venue and the podcast format. Yep, it's built on. It's built on these little funny side stories, the offshoots, and mm-hmm. the. It's awesome. It's my favorite part about podcasts. Yeah, well, it's the. I think we. It was. I think it was a Rogan that was on earlier, and who was it that was on? When oh, we put uh, it? RZA from Wu Tang. I'm pretty sure it was RZA from Wu Tang, and uh, I'll look it up right now. It was Wu Tang. Yeah, and then uh, I think it was like 30 minutes in or something, and they're talking like. Post versus General Mills cereal wars. Yeah. And then they hopped into like Pepsi versus Coke soda wars, basically. And I love that they can get off on those tangents. Those crazy tangents. And super smart people. It was Rizza and, whoa, it's on, and Donnell Rawlings. Yep. I'm not sure who he is. I know he's, I know the name, but I'm not sure exactly Mm -hmm. how he's affiliated. But yeah, that's the beauty of here. Like what John Baldwin was saying is, that Rogan's always going to ask about doing yeah. drugs. Yeah. Have you done DMT? Like, yep. How's your DMT experience? Kind of like the toad with Tyson. Yep. Ooh, there's a nice car alarm going off outside. Yeah, didn't hear it until just now. That's not bad. No. Anyways, I mean, we'll we'll keep trying to get better because we care, and we've gotten so much good feedback, and lately have been having conversations with people that I didn't know Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we listened to your podcast. Yeah, like, oh, how? Like, when's your last? When's your next one? Like, asking questions. Yeah, and it's rad to rad to hear. One dude called in, recognized your voice. Yep. Oh yeah, that was a trip. That was like six months ago. Yeah, that was a while back. I think I had to call a customer, and he goes, "Oh, I know who this is. I recognize your voice." Yeah, that's 
Oh, shit. Yeah, like, oh, all right, we're getting there. That definitely so, threw me off. Yeah. There's a few times I've been thrown out. Like when Ricky, when we oh, saw yeah. Ricky at SFO, he was like, you guys are those guys. Like, I was like, like whoa. You're like, like all right. Do you know us? Like, we've like, seen you on Jomez three dozen times. Yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. you've We've tagged you in like three posts, and you've commented on them. Oh, yeah. Those those are also good, Those too. were great posts. The beginning but. of our relationship with Ricky was us being goofy as hell with a pig at Swenson. We need to be goofier next yeah. time. We, I mean, and that's honestly, that's the bad part about doing it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Decently goofy early in the morning, but not as goofy as in it's, the afternoon. It's like a slower goofy. We have more energy in the afternoon. Yeah. We've gone through the day. We might have a little libations. Just a little. Yeah, not much. We dabble. We like to. Da- we don't say no much. No. What did you say yesterday when you brought me a beer? Like, oh, I found this for you. Oh yeah, filled up a beer. Yeah. Oh, I found this for you. Yep. Thought you might want it. Looked like yours. Yeah, that's what you said. It looks like yours. I'm like, all right. Yep. Looked like one of yours. Exactly. It was mine. Yeah. Here's a beer. Yeah, it was yours. Turned we're drinking. Yours we're drinking point. a pretty good sour right now. Yeah, peach sour nova. Yep, from Almanac. Almanac has such good beers. Are they exclusively sour? I want to say yes, or at like least like are. farmhouse farmhouse style ales, like wild yeasts. What about Rare Barrel? I think also. I think actually Almanac makes a decent amount of other beers. I think I was getting it confused with Rare Barrel. They're both like Berkeley area mm-hmm. breweries. I think Almanac makes plenty of different styles. At least now, I don't know if they started. Yeah, a sour farmhouse, but a rare barrels. I think pretty much all sour. There's a, it's hard to do both because the yeast is they can con- contaminate regular beer. Yeah, it's wild, so it likes to spread. I wonder how many like machines they have. Mm, you can't even do it in the same building. I heard. Wow. Beer or segregation. You, or if you do, you have to like have it on airtight lockdown. I think that's why offshoot is offshoot. Yeah, because it's in a Be- very separate area. Because they had they were making IPAs and they spoiled all their IPAs. Oh. The brewery did. So they moved. We lost a lot of good beer that day. A lot of good <laughs> beer that day was lost. I think I think that's the one that happened. How cool for a brewery to be able to expand to that. And how mm-hmm. frustrating to also. not be able to do them both in house. Mm-hmm. That'd be hard. Yeah. That'd be like saying for us, like you guys can't stock Innova in here. Yeah. You or stock it, in once we start building. manufacturing this, like, yeah, you guys can make whatever you want as long as it's below a nine speed. Yeah. Like, Damn. Oh, shit. We really want some like 12 speed IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it, man. Yeah. Not around Oh, you want to do nine speed? Okay. You can do nine speed and above, but not below. What are we going to putt with? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Put with a phenom. Put with a phenom. So forehand leopard three round. Soon. That's just gonna be all talk. We don't play enough to actually exactly. Do it. Like I'd love to do another putter only round. I love putter only rounds. I used to do them all the time. Don't do any disc golf all the time anymore. It's sad. No, okay. once or twice a week. And yep. even then, sometimes I'm like, I get like Saturday off, and I'm like. Yeah, I just want to chill. Yeah. Do something and not disc golf for once, mm-hmm. which isn't often. And even then, like the days I want to do something not disc golf isn't often either. There's a little bit of burnout that can happen. It's inevitable with anything. Mm-hmm. For sure. And even though we 
work at a disc golf shop and it seems like it might be disc golf all day. It seems like sometimes it's less and less disc golf and more and more just like cogs moving yeah. widgets. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, exactly what it is. Still fun as fuck, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Oh, no, I wouldn't trade this but. for anything at all. <laughs> we do more. I think we, man, we play more fantasy football than we play disc golf. <laughs> I don't know how you quantify that. Yeah. But uh, the hours I spend into getting better at fantasy football, like even just, just watching a podcast, listening to a podcast, and then like sitting there on the cl- waiver claims and stuff, like that has to outweigh how much of disc golf I play. Yeah, certainly more than how much disc golf you play. And if you factor in all the like practice putting and stuff, mm-hmm. which is, you know, lower than it has been. Yeah. I've seen your putt. Yeah. It was great today. You're putting fine. Yeah. It was great today. But Finally. yeah, I I don't feel like I spend enough time in fantasy football for it to outweigh. No. But I really it's don't close. disc golf much. So it's close. That's more what I'm getting at. It's, yeah. It's not I, that I do I a lot of fantasy it. football. So I don't. It's Wednesday afternoons, man, and it goes back to what we were talking about when we were on one of the microphones fucking off break, is it came to a decision like a couple of years ago, and I'm playing, you know, 970 golf or whatever, and it goes, how can I jump this up to 1,000 and above? And it's just, it's a huge time commitment. Mm-hmm. And I think I realized then that this disc slinging realm is a... Where I'm much more competitive. Not easier. That's not the right. No, it's not necessarily easier, but the field's slightly less crowded. Sure. Not slightly. It's definitely less crowded. It's less crowded with the amount of individuals, Mm -hmm. but it's still maybe I don't know. I was going to say about the same amount of like relevant. I feel like it's easier to top say Innova or Infinite would be like the two respective areas sure like innova is the biggest manufacturer infinite is the biggest retailer mm-hmm. it'd be easier for us to top either one of them than it would be for either one of us to start beating paul well it's such a different commitment too it is it's a way yeah i'd have to commit to a job and then practicing and and not, then at some point hopefully get good enough where you don't need the job i'd have to give up beer not give up beer but I'd have to go to the bar. I couldn't go to the bar all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be up a little earlier. Just go to bed a little earlier. Yep. That's that's the translation. Or it's just less sleep, and that's not good. Yeah, I'm not going to do well then. Well, we made the right decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it, so far at least. Yeah. it was. It was tough to decide to golf less. And I think we're going to get to a point... In the next few years, we can golf more again. That's the goal. Then we can just go win Worlds at 40. Sure. There's that. (laughs) There's that. There's going to be a lot of 40-year-olds. Here's a small pet peeve is every disc golf baby is a future world champion. Yeah, it's not. And I'm all for, like, telling kids that they can do anything because you sure as shit can. Yeah. If you dedicate to it, but like... How many world champions have there ever been? Like 30, 5, 40? Yeah, I mean, there's only going to be one a year. Yeah, and a lot of repeats. Yep. Like, Climo stole all of them for a while. Yeah, they ate up the 90s. Then you have, like, Paul Page. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gioana Corvus, four. She got five. Five. Yep. Um, yeah, Lane King's they, five. Lane King's five. Like, there's a 
Or is she only four? I think she's I think five. she's... I don't know. Well, I feel like one of them's four. I don't know who it is. I, I know Juliana's got five. Where's a photon at? In that MVP row. But, I mean, to your point, there's a lot of repeat champions. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. And I, I, mean, I love it because it's... <clears throat> I don't know the best way to phrase it, but everybody gets psyched up for their kid. I'd rather know? someone say future thousand rated player. There can be a million thousand rated. No, actually, I don't think that's true either. I Not think a there's a finite amount of thousand rated players. Well, and there's a finite amount of people that will have the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. And then in that pool, how many of those will actually do it too? Mm-hmm. You know? True. It takes a certain amount of dedication. Inevitably, some of those dubbed future world champions will be world champions and that's awesome. at least one yeah but we could live in that <laughs> or world. all of the people that end up winning worlds like none of their parents ever Every, said future world they champion. were never uh that'd be kind of hilarious you were never born in a disc golf family yeah <laughs> i do love it though and it's you know certainly growing up in the sport i love anything that increases the amount of juniors that we have playing it and any of those kids that you are saying it about, it absolutely could be true. And that there's mm-hmm. so much excitement in that potential. It's just funny hearing I wonder if eighty thousand people say it. Yeah. I wonder if uh out of all the kids we know, who's the most likely world champion? Man, that's playing the futures there. That is, and it's like there's so many things involved. Yeah. I mean you could have a kid who's incredible and then just decides he wants to do something else with his life his or her life and they they decide that and more power to him you know go be Mm -hmm. happy and then you got kids that just mature late or figure figure it out late or whatever it is apply themselves later look at fraser's kid caden he could be so good plenty of talent just doesn't want to play disc golf and that's fine he wants to do parkour i think yep cool so he's good at it Get you some. I bet there's off. some parkour moms and dads who have some kids that want to play disc golf, and they're just like, "Oh, this was future parkour world, world champion. champion." Yeah. Like, damn it. Oh yeah. Crazy world we live in. Well, this is future podcast world champions. Yep, we're already podcast world champions. We're the fifth best podcast in disc golf out of four. Yes. Um, Making sh- everybody happy there. Shout out Sarge's beard bombs. Yeah, We've Sarge been sent me a, a text today. Recently, and said that he loves us and appreciates all the shout outs. I got to text him back. Hell yeah. I am terrible with that. If I see a message during the day, I'm probably not going to answer it until 8 30 at night. And then my wife hates me because I'm answering all these messages at 8 30 at night. Yeah. I I get in mo- moods where I don't want to answer them all. Oh, speaking of this, I got to message GB back. Shout out GB, OTB team member. Shout out to all the people that we really want to message back. There's a lot of people that message us. Yeah. That's part of the issue. I'm thankful that you're here because half of them message you now. They do. A lot of the team members message me now. Yep. Well, and I think part of that was we put you in charge at the beginning of the year. I need to do better next year. We're going to get the shirt straightened out next year a little better. Yeah. Always always room to improve there. It's it's hard when you have a thousand ways to get pulled. Yeah. Like with two people, Samuel help. That's true. If he ever arrives, we'll keep growing. I think it's something that we'll do with our site too. And it made me think of Montucky cold snacks. Yeah. But something that we have needed for a while on our site is a little bit more of an about us section. Yep. And have things a little bit of each of us. Yeah. 
and goofy fucking pictures. I think we should have. Oh yeah, onesie pictures. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Yep, some sort of onesie picture. Yeah, just embrace the weird. I'll get my hair braided or something weird. Sweet. Sammy will braid your hair. It's a bonding moment. <laughs> Down. Sammy can braid my hair anytime he wants. You hear that, Sammy? You'll be here in a month, hopefully. Yeah, roughly, from what I understand. I knew it was funny, too, because he told me, I don't know, it was probably two or three weeks ago. And I'm like, sweet, Sam will be here in like a month, month and a half. Like, oh man, that's gonna like that sounds like a long time from now, but time fucking flies. Dude, this time, year flew by. This year flew by fast. We've been here a year already. Yeah. Like over a year now. Like every day's gonna fly by quick. It'll be there in no time. Mm-hmm. Dude, especially if we keep sending out all these packages. Yeah. No shit. We ran out of two of these boxes <laughs> so quick. <laughs> Good thing we're getting those locally now. Yeah. We've had some so if you guys got a little too big of a box, sorry. Yeah, they will have at at any point it could happen. Usually yeah. we're pretty on top of it, and I really thought I was ordering early. We just flew through them. We, we had did. hella two disc boxes this week. Yeah, there was a lot last week. We had releases three straight nights. The mm-hmm. first night was dang, I'm not Cloudbreaker. We had Cloudbreaker. I think PA it was three. The Cloudbreaker restock like Tuesday night. RPA three dropped. And Wednesday then the 1060 night, Onyx. Then the 1060 Onyx dropped Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was crazy. Nuts. And then this week we had the Swirly MD5 drop last night. Someone's dropping a night. Threw up, yeah, the Katrina. Katrina X3s, uh-huh. which. The new 500 plastic is dropping good. at basically right now. The yeah. Swirly MD5s, the Our Swirly FDs, Imperial Eagle 3s, all oh, sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, those drop in the morning. I think I just loaded them up and let them... Oh, no, they went live at 2 p.m. I didn't make uh, a post or anything, though. Um, I can make a post right now. Yeah, we'll throw something A up. late night post. We'll keep doing what we're doing. Just know, too, that if we're not podcasting, it's because we're doing. doing too much stuff here. <laughs> Part of it is is Crash, and he's got a different schedule than us, whether it's leisure or business. He's a busy dude. Crash, and I'm going to call you out right now. Do it. You need to fucking... When you make plans to do something, don't bail on the first one. Blue balls. Blue balls. We did it anyways without you. We did do it. Love you, though. Just I love having podcast more. I think it's a great... Energy. It is. It is great energy, and I think it's it's a good three kind of different perspectives. For sure. We all have different perspectives on... I can't even talk. Perspectives on things. Well, we do. And even just like in the in the disc golf sense, you know, you're... Four years in, five years in, I think like four and a half, four, four and a half, and gung ho, mm-hmm. like in it, you know. And Crash has been in it for like fifteen years or something, and really hasn't cared about it that much in the past like two years. Loves running events though. Yeah, it's great TD. Mm-hmm. Great TD. Great at running an event. Period. Mm-hmm. Whether it's inside a disc golf or outside, that's you know what it's what he does. What he does. It's yeah. Comfort level. And then I've played now for god damn how old am i like 25 years and have come in and come out and mm-hmm. you know now now we're in the disc game like this but sweet it's a it's a good few perspectives so we'll and then we have mark we'll who's never really it. played nope and another good perspective yeah we need to get mark on more of these dude that one with the mushroom shake mushroom shakes was one of my favorite episodes i would like to get mark to jump on more and get him in 
a little bit different environment too and get him like prepped and ready to go mm-hmm. instead of just being thrown in. Yeah. Like, hey, like, hey Mark, next week, let's get you on a podcast and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about basically whatever you want to talk about and then we'll all tangent off of that. But mm-hmm. let's talk about some shit that you're interested in. It's hard to do that when we don't have, we don't know when Crash will want to do it. Well, Crash, Crash Wednesday we're, nights. We're doing some without you and that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. You I would know. have loved ah oh, slim fish. I wanted slim fish on today. Yeah, that would have been fun. Slim he said maybe next week. He just mm-hmm. I guess what he does he takes his grandma out to dinner after every weekly. Oh, is his grandma? Uh huh. He That's did say date. he's like I got a dinner date. Yep, this is grandma. Nice. Yeah, I was like tell your grandma I said hi. <laughs> I don't know his grandma. Dedicating this podcast to Slim Fish's grandma, which is not Honey Badger. No, that was almost Slim Fish's baby mama. It's true. <laughs> that is true. Slim Fish wanted it. This is going to slide right in. <laughs> oh. I think that's a perfect spot to end. That's a great spot to end. All right, we're out of here, guys. <laughs>